Well, what a beautiful morning so far, right? Um, I said it earlier in first service that I've started to cry every Sunday like Tom. Um, <laughs> the transformation is almost complete. Uh, <laughs> um, good morning and welcome. Uh, my name is Andrew. I'm the campus pastor here uh, at the Leewood campus. And um, today's a special Sunday. Uh, we have some guests with us uh, today, our friends from Elam Ministries, and a lot of you are familiar with Elam. They've, they, we've been partners and friends uh, with Elam for almost 10 years now uh, here at Christ Community, so many of you know who they are, but for those of you who don't, uh, Elam does incredible work uh, in the Middle East, training and equipping pastors in Iran, as well as uh, Bible distribution in Iran and, and church planting in Iran, and, and there's going to be a lot... You're going to hear a lot more about them and who they are, what they do uh, as the morning goes on. But when we heard uh, that David and his colleagues, uh, David's the executive director of Elam, um, several of his colleagues are here with him as well. You're going to hear from them. Uh, when we knew that they were going to be with us this week, uh, we thought, you know, we've got to get them up front of our people. And uh, we are in a series on neighborly love, and we thought, who better to tell us how to love our neighbor uh, from a global perspective than, than Elam? And uh, we're actually about to enter a new series soon in, in several weeks on God's heart for the world. And we thought, who better to, to kind of bridge the gap for us uh, than Elam? So this morning, uh, David's going to come up and, and open God's word with us. And then we're going to hear uh, some, some testimonies and stories from, from Sarah, who, who is a, a practitioner on the ground uh, in Iran. Um, so we're so grateful to have you guys with us. We know there are people at home and friends who miss you and would love to see you, and it's a gift to us. So thank you for being here. Uh, one thing I would like to say, for just for, to be extra extra precaution, please no recording uh, what uh, what happens this morning uh, or or posting to social media, just to be extra safe for them uh, as they return home soon. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read uh, the scripture for this morning, and then I'm going to invite David up. So if you would please stand now for the reading of God's word. Our scripture this morning is from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Please welcome David with me as you do. Good morning. It's great to be at Christ Community Church. Uh, I've always enjoyed coming to Kansas City and uh, fellowshipping with you guys and uh, with others in the city. Uh, I know you guys are in a better mood than uh, ever with uh, Royals winning, um, so congratulations to you. Um, I was here last year when you lost, and, and you, <laughs> you weren't so happy. You, you're obviously very uh, dependent on how well they do. I, I live in a country where we have, where we have real Royals. Um, our Royals are called Will and Kate, and uh, they send you their congratulations. <laughs> so, 
real joy to be, to be with you guys um, and share about what God is doing in Iran, but also bring a message from the Word of God. Um, I want to, to say, really, I, I don't regard this church as, as partners. I regard you as friends. We've become, uh, just enjoy the fellowship uh, with uh, Pastor Tom and, and Liz and Jeanette and uh, getting to know Andrew and others in the church. It's just been, uh, we feel comfortable with you. So I really want to share from my heart what God has put um, on, on our hearts uh, to share with you um, so that you will, you will get a, a, maybe a, a fresh perspective on, on the world and also your role here in Kansas City. But um, let me just say from a, a big picture what's going on in Iran. Most of the time you look at Iran and uh, you think chaos, right? You think chaos, you think mess. But really what we want you to get is that behind all that, the church is growing. God is at work. Jesus is doing what he said he would do. More Iranians are becoming Christians than at any other time in history. In fact, more have become Christians in the last 20, 30 years than in the previous 1,300 years put together. In 1979, 500 Christians from a Muslim background were in Iran. Today, the most conservative estimate is that 500,000 have put their faith in Christ. We don't know the numbers, but we know it's massive. The opportunity for us to impact the heart of the Muslim world has never been greater. So we're busy doing what we can to train leaders who are, gonna, who are serving in the region. You're going to meet one of those who we've trained uh, and sent, uh, one of our dear, dear uh, church planters. You're going to enjoy her story later. When we print and we send the scriptures, you guys have helped us uh, both to train leaders and to send scriptures into Iran. And uh, as we share some stories, you're going to know how uh, desperate people are to receive the Word of God. That It's having a great impact. We've been able to print now over a million New Testaments for Iran. We want to do another 200,000, which will take us to 1.4 million New Testaments for Iran. God is at work. The church is growing. And I uh, hope you'll be encouraged as, as some of the stories come out as we share. Um, let me just pray and commit this time to the Lord. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this church. Thank you that you have blessed them, Lord. You have um, a, a role for them to play in your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that you can enable us to do more than we can think. Lord, I pray for those in this room who think they have no capacity to play their part. I pray that they would see that they are able to do great things for you because of your spirit. I pray for those of us here who are afraid to engage with people of other cultures, Lord, that you would give us a deep love. Lord, I pray that you would help this church to be a blessing to all the families of the earth, Father. Help us to know your passion. Help us to respond to your call obediently. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're speaking from Genesis chapter 12, and I want to pull out three things for us from, this, uh, from these four verses. The first thing is this. From the beginning, the purpose of God's call was to bless all the families of the world. Right from the beginning, when God calls Abraham, he sets the story of Israel into motion. 
His purpose is clear. He wants to bless all the families of the world. It says right there from the, the first verse, now the Lord said, it was, it was his idea. He initiated this. He wasn't responding. He was initiating. He was telling him, telling Abraham, and he's declaring what his purpose was. And not only does he tell Abraham what he wants him to do, to move, to go, he explains why so that in you all the families of the world will be blessed. That is why God wanted Abraham to go. And one thing that's so beautiful here is right from the beginning, we see that God's heart is for everyone. There is no racism. There is no, there is, this is not exclusive. This is not restricted to some only. He is for all people. He is for all nations. And it's not just a throwaway statement. He repeats it to Abraham later on. He repeats it to Isaac. He repeats it to Jacob. Peter quotes it in Acts. Paul quotes it in Galatians. This is God's heart to bless all the families of the world. You are here because your family has been blessed I'm here because my family has been blessed. And there are many other families that God wants to bless. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter how they dress. It doesn't matter where they live. It doesn't matter what they've done or how they're choosing to live right now. God wants to bless all the families of the world. That is his purpose. And that includes people in a country like Iran. Donya was a young girl. By the time she was 10, young girl from a village in northern Iran, unreached, no Christians, no one there. Did God, did God care for her? She grew up in a, in a home where by the time she was 10, she'd been raped by four brothers. When she was 11, her father married her off to a man who was 25 years older than her. She goes hundreds of miles to live with this man. By the time she's 17, they're divorced. She has nowhere to go. She goes back to her family home in fear. Within a few days, she's raped by one of her brothers again. Absolutely broken absolutely destroyed. She says, it's going to be better for me to live on the streets than to ever step foot in this house again. Total brokenness. She goes and lives on the streets of Tehran, miles away. Somebody comes to her and tells her about Jesus. She falls in love with Christ. She decides to follow Christ. She goes to the house church. She grows. She gets married to a, a, a man who loves the Lord. She's growing and she's enjoying life for the first time. And then the Lord asks her to do something. Go and tell your family. Um, them? But she goes. They pray. They know it's going to be hard, but they go with joy. They knock on the door. The door opens. The family is absolutely shocked to see her again. What are you doing here? 
And why are you so happy? They come in with gifts and they begin to explain the gospel and tell them about Jesus. And the Lord gives her the joy of leading many of her family to Christ, including brothers who raped her. And then she has the privilege of starting a house church in the very home where she was abused. She showed me a picture of the first time her family had a meal together after 15 years, a family meal because of the gospel. God's purpose is to bless all the families of the world. What does that mean for you and for me? That means we need to live our lives with the understanding that that is what God wants from us. That's what God, that's why we're here to be a blessing to all the families of the world. And that, that doesn't mean just those who are far off. There are families of the world right next to you. They may be American. They may be Somalian. They may be Iraqi. They may be just different from you. God wants to reach all the families of the world. And we should live our lives with that knowledge that that is his passion, that is his purpose. Live and look and engage with the world with that understanding. The second thing I want you to see in this scripture is that God calls us to a completely new lifestyle so that we can join him in being a blessing to the families of the world. He calls us to a completely new lifestyle. Look what he says to Abraham. Go from your country and from your kindred and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So first of all, he is to leave. He's got to leave his country. He's got to leave his kindred. He's got to leave his father's house. His country is his identity. His kindred is his culture. His father's house is his comfort and his safety. God, you're asking a lot. Isn't that, isn't that a big ask? I mean, you're, you're basically asking him to leave everything. Leave that. And not only that, go to somewhere that I will show you. I'm not going to show you yet. I, I want you to leave what you know. I'm going to go somewhere that uh, I'll show you when, when it's ready, when I'm ready to tell you. <laughs> what a big ask, right? When you look at it at first glance, you think, this is, this is too much. Right? Anybody feel that way? This is just too much, Lord. Who's ready to do that? Go to a place that I will show you. And, and that place is going to be people who are different because I'm leaving everything that I know. It's going to be people who are different. From the beginning, God's call is cross-culture. We've got to engage with people who are different than us. We have to. That's what Abraham's been called to do. Leave everything. Is it a lot? Is God asking too much? Is God asking too much of you? Here's what I want us to get this morning. Whenever you hear the call of God, don't ever forget the promise of God. Whenever you hear the call of God, don't ever forget the promise of God. There is a promise. 
And Hebrews says actually that Abraham went because he was looking for the promise. And that's why so many of us, when it comes to this kind of a Sunday, we, we, we find it uncomfortable because we only think of the call, what we're supposed to leave. It's like going to the dentist. You don't want to go. You just know that once in a while you need to hear a message like this. It's going to happen at church, and they're just going to tell you things. It's going to be a bit uncomfortable because you don't really want to do this. And you go and you sit in the dentist chair, and he's prodding you. He's pulling stuff. He's, he's yanking things out, drilling stuff. And you just, you know, I just got to do that. I just got to grin and bear this because uh, it's probably good for me. And that's how we, we come to Sundays like this. We think, okay, I probably just got to get through this. And if I can just get through this without too much pain, it will be good. It's because we're, we're only looking to what he's telling us to leave. I have four children. 15-year-old is the oldest when we were young, uh, when she was younger, when I was young. Uh, <laughs> When we were, I was younger. Um, she told me the other day that you're old because you were born before 1980. Um, so I don't know what that makes some of you. But, uh, but uh, she was about three years old, and, and we lived in Atlanta, and we were going to go to Disney. So we were driving down. It was a crazy thing to do. If any of you have done it, it's a, it's a painful experience. Um, <laughs> But, you know, you're excited to take your child to Disneyland, to Disney World. And as you're going, uh, you, can, you can just imagine your child in this place, and they're going to have so much fun. But we're driving, we stop, we go and get a sandwich or something, a burger. And, you know, uh, in these the malls, they have um, these little cars, like a Bob the Builder car or something. And the kids go in it, and you put 50 cents in, uh, or 10 cents, and it, and it just it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know what I'm talking about. And you're thinking, that is the most boring thing in the world. But the child is enjoying themselves. The child is having the wh a whale of a time, and they, then it gets time to go, and you want to you want to say, we're going to Disney World. She doesn't want to go. <laughs> this is great. I want to stay here. I want to play. Can you give me another 10 cents? Let's do this again. And you're saying, honey, we're going to, you don't, she cannot, she cannot imagine where we're going. And you want to tell her, There's, they have these in the restrooms at Disney World. <laughs> And they're free. You don't have to put ten. She won't. And she's holding on to the steering wheel. Why? Because she hasn't got an understanding of the promise. And that's why we hold on to what we've got. Because we're saying, God, you're asking too much. You're asking too much to me to leave this little Bob the Builder car. Is he asking too much? No, look at the promise. Look at the promise. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I will make your name great. God is promising fruitfulness where there's been barrenness. Abraham is childless. He's got no fruit in his life and he's promising Abraham fruit in his life. If you will go 
If you will engage with what I'm trying to do, if you'll respond to my call, there is going to be fruitfulness in your life. And I want to say to some of you in here, not in condemnation, but as an appeal to you, some of us have been Christians for a long time. We have no spiritual children. And you think you don't have the capacity to bear children spiritually. I'm telling you that's a lie. Go where God is calling you to go. The fruitfulness will come. It's his promise. He's promising influence. He's promising strength where there's been no strength. When you respond to God's call, you will be more fruitful than you could even imagine. How could Abraham imagine the kind of blessing? But that's what happened. And then God calls him and says, tells him, those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. You know what? God is going to take care. Not everybody's going to respond. Some are going to bless. Some are going to curse you. That's just going to happen. God is going to deal with it. You don't need to worry about those who respond and those who are against you. Just respond to his call. So here's my question. Will you respond to what God is asking you to do? Will you respond to what he is asking you to do? Here's the third point. Starts in verse 4. So Abraham went. So Abraham went. Very simple. Our role is to take action in obedience. Our role is to take action in obedience. So Abraham went. You can never underestimate the importance of simple obedience. You know, sometimes we think, oh, this is just so complex. It's so difficult. You need a PhD. You need to go to seminary. You need to, you just need to obey the things that God has already told you to do. And you know those things. I want to encourage you to simply tell people about Jesus. Simply tell somebody about Jesus. You don't need a seminary degree. You don't need even to attend a course. You just need to open your mouth. Live like he asked you to live at work at school, in the conference meeting, in the board meeting. Live like he, just obey him. One of the most fascinating verses for me in the last few months has been in, in John chapter two. It's the wedding at Cana. Jesus' time has not come yet. They've run out of wine. You know the story. Mary wants to help her friends. So she goes to Jesus and she says, They've run out of wine. She, he says, my time's not yet come. But she's, you know, mothers. Um, and she goes to the servants and she says to them one sentence. Do whatever he tells you to do. Do whatever he tells you to do. If we would only 
do what he tells us to do, the water will become wine. The blessing far beyond our imagination will come. I want to encourage you to do what he asks you to do. Obedience. Your obedience is never just for yourself. Did you know that? This is not a personal choice because your obedience never just impacts you and your disobedience never only impacts you. What if Abraham had disobeyed? Our role is obedience. I have a friend who's an evangelist, who's, a, who's a, just a wonderful believer, always looks for opportunities to, to witness. Was walking the streets one day, sees a family, Iranian family, a one man with four wives. All the wives are completely covered. He has a, the full beard. They look like the, the people that you do not want to approach. And he says, well, they're not going to be interested in the gospel. So he walks on, but he feels a prompting. Go and witness to them. Go and share the gospel with them. He says, well, that's nonsense. I'm going on. <laughs> and he feels the prompting gets stronger. He walks on a little bit more, even stronger. So he goes back to that family, gives them a copy of the New Testament in Persian. And one of the women completely covered, her face just lights up with joy. She says, six months ago, Jesus appeared to me in my dream and told me to read his book. I've been looking for this book for six months. I told that story in the first service. A lady came up to me right here. She said, I heard that there are more Muslim refugees coming to our city. And I thought to myself, if they're covered, I don't think I can go and talk to them. That story has shown me I can go and tell them. And I pray with all my heart that you will have that same response, that you will know that God's passion is for all the families of the world, that you will respond to his call because responding to his call is never, you will never ever lose. It is the place of greatest joy. It is the place of greatest blessing to respond to the call of God. And I'm not talking about the call of God to become a full-time minister in terms of vocation. I'm talking about responding to the call where you are, in your job, at school, the playground, wherever God has you.